This podcast is proudly supported by Baseballism, an all baseball related apparel and cloning company for baseball people. Check them out at baseballism.com. It's America's brand. Welcome to the ANA Sports Podcast, Sports Talk, with your hosts, Anthony Cortez and Alex Ashley. And Kevin! Oh, yeah, and Kevin Rowe. What's up, and welcome back to another edition of the ANA Sports Show. I am Anthony Cortez, joined alongside Mr. Alex Ashley. Say hi, Alex. What's going on, everybody? Hey, Mr. Kevin Rowe. What's up, what's up? We are in week, uh... Huh? You <laughs> just sounded so invigorated. What's up, everybody? What's up, everybody? It's, it's, it's a show time. For <laughs> <sports talk. laughs> I'm like, whoa, I can feel the excitement with this guy. Seriously, dude. Uh, this is week, I think it's five or six, I don't know, recording remotely, but um, quick status update for us, uh, we're still recording remotely, we we haven't seen each other in, it's been like a month, right, going on two months, how long have we, how long have we actually seen each other? Um, I think it's been about five weeks, I think this is week six. Right? That's what it feels like, okay. Yeah, we, uh. A little over a month, not yet two, I don't think. A little over a month. That's yeah. That sounds about right. Yeah, but uh, we're still recording remotely uh, here in San Antonio. Um, the actual uh, stay-at-home order is going to be ban- is going to be lifted uh, come the end of the month, and uh, that's a whole other thing. But uh, we still hope y'all are doing good out there, doing being safe, and uh, doing your parts in this thing. Um, but yeah, we're still recording remotely. Uh, so last week we did. Uh, this is episode 90, 95. What are you laughing at? Are we recording remotely? Yes, we are. In case you didn't know. Oh shit. Okay. What's yeah. I'm not in the same room as you. No. No. <laughs> Anyways, this is ninety five. This is episode ninety five. Uh, last week we did our mock drafts. Hope y'all like that for the people that did listen. And this week we're gonna re- this week we're gonna recap and uh, do our winners and losers. Um, so without further ado, let's get into it, boys. Who wants to go first with our winners? Alex, go first. One at a time, that is. One uh, so, we're doing three winners, correct? Yes. Okay. Um, so, I'll, I'll pick my top three. Actually, I had four guys coming out of, or four teams coming out of this draft um, who I think really, really bolstered uh, both sides of the ball very well. Um, you know, filled a lot of holes. Uh, so, let's start with Baltimore. I think Baltimore is probably one of the, the teams that, Maybe not as many people are, are talking about, um, but I think they really need to be talked about. Uh, if you look at some of the guys that they drafted, not only did they bolster the back end, um, or the, excuse me, the front end, but they also bolstered the back end of the defense. Uh, you look at defensive tackle uh, out of Texas A&M, Justin Metabuki. Uh You look at guys like uh, Patrick Queen, linebacker from LSU. Um, you know, they're, they're, they have a lot of guys you know, even defensive tackle out of Texas Tech, uh, Broderick Washington. I mean, they put a lot of stock in that defense side of the ball, but even more so, they almost, like, upgraded the linebacking position more than anything, especially with uh, Patrick Queen. And then even more so, they replaced an aging Mark Ingram um, with a stud running back in J.K. Dobbins, uh, who they got with the 71st pick, who could turn out to be kind of a steal um, at that spot. Uh, but yeah, defensive line, offensive line, both now have um, depth. And then a big one for me, just because I'm 
Cooper bias when it comes to this. Uh, pick 92, Devin DuVernay out of uh, the University of Texas wide receiver. He is a wide receiver built. Um, he's a wide receiver build, but he plays in the slot. So the dude's tall, strong, and fast, but he plays in the slot. And I think what I heard was that Baltimore, the receiving core, had the fewest amount of yards receiving last year out of any group in the NFL. I think that he'll really be able to to, to add more yards to that uh, uh, to that offense. Um, the second one that I have winning is going to uh, be Dallas, actually. And I'm not a huge Dallas fan, as anybody who's ever listened to the show might know. Um, but yeah, Dallas, they, they, they really did some work. Um, I think they may even be potentially the biggest winner out of this all. Um, one thing I was impressed with is they went after C.D. Lamb. They got him at the 17th pick. That was a big one. I don't know how he dropped that far. Um, Trayvon Diggs is another good one, a cornerback. Uh, you know, I like that they got the center from Wisconsin. Um, and then I also like that they addressed the, the defensive in position with uh, Bradley Annie, the defensive end from Utah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it, every 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 hole that this team had, they picked up somebody for it. Um, and they had quite a few picks as well, and I feel like all of them are going to produce on some level. Uh, defensive tackle Oklahoma, cornerback out of Tulsa, uh, defensive ends, uh, they got a, a backup quarterback of James Madison who I've heard good things about. Um, but yeah, and then they also played the board well, again, with taking Lamb. You know, it, it seemed to be a good job, you know, knowing what was on and what was available and going after kind of the best player available. Um, and I think that was a, a, a big one. Um, and then the last one for me is a little bit of a tie. Uh, for me, it's going to be a tie between Miami and a tie between Denver. Um, now, if all goes well for Miami, this very well could be a huge draft for them. They got the new quarterback. They got the offensive line to help them stand up. They got the defensive side of the ball. You know, they have big upgrades in all the positions that they really need. Now, granted, you know, you know, it's, it's still Miami. <laughs> They're still not going to be that good, but they definitely upgraded everywhere they could have. And then the big thing for me, and this might sound kind of sad, is they didn't screw it up. They didn't mess this up. I felt like they could have messed this up really, really badly, and I don't feel like they did that. So that's kind of, you know, that's almost a victory in and of itself for Miami. Uh, and then Denver was the other one that I had kind of as a my tie Jerry Judy, you know, another wide receiver out of Penn State. They got some good guys on the defense. They got another tight end, you know. And so what this does is this sets that team up very well for for Drew Locke. And if he can't do it, then there's no more excuse. It's not, well, he was injured. It's not, well, there was another quarterback in line. And, you know, he was getting second-team rest. It's not, well, I don't have any weapons. They have the receivers. They have the running back. They have the line. They have the defense already. So Miami or Denver kind of wanted so much is that they put themselves in a good spot. Now it's just see if they actually produce. So my my number one winner is likely going to be Dallas. Number two is going to be Baltimore, and then number three is going to be a tie between Denver and Miami. Sounds about right. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to agree with you on on two of those, but I'll get to that later. Uh, Kevin, go next with your winners, man. I actually agree a lot with uh, 
Miss Alice from this. So, like, one of my winners is I know. It's shocking, I know. But uh, I do think uh, Baltimore is a big winner here. Uh, they got a lot of weapons for Lamar Jackson. And, oh, crap. My computer, I'm sorry, my phone's deciding to freeze up on me as I'm looking through my notes. But they had a lot of dra- uh, picks in this draft. They got a lot of weapons that they needed. Um, here we go. Way to be prepared. Sorry. <laughs> um, I was, but my phone froze. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you got, I mean, they take the linebacker, uh, Patrick Queen, right off the bat. It was a good pick by them. Getting a running back to complement the passing game and J.K. Dobbins, who some believe was between him and Swift to be the best running back in the draft was a steal for them. Um, and then going off and getting a defensive tackle, getting a, another wide receiver in Devin Durney. Uh, Duvenet. Duvenet, thank you. Duvenet. I don't watch Texas football. <laughs> we all have our I mean, they got. I mean, they just got a lot of depth and a lot of picks in this draft to complement an already fantastic team. They are going to be a, a force to reckon with. Yeah. Um, another one that I picked as my winners, and they were not on uh, Alex's list, was the Chargers. Now, they didn't have nearly as many picks, but they got their hopefully their quarterback of the future and did Justin Herbert at the number six pick. And then they made a trade to get back in the first round with their second pick and linebacker Kenneth Murray. And I think that was probably one of the best trades of the entire draft because they needed some more help on the defensive side, especially in the ASC West when you're going up against the likes of Kansas City and Mahomes. They're going to need some weapons on the defensive side of the ball. Then they get a, a, a in the fourth round a running back, Joshua Kelly, uh, who's going to be kind of that backup to uh, uh, what's his face? Austin Eckler, thank you. And then uh, got another wide receiver, a safety, and another wide receiver. Yeah, they added some depth on the offensive side of the ball while addressing some needs on defense. I think if Justin Herbert turns out to be the player everybody thinks he can be, they're going to be a playoff contender, probably a wild card spot because they're not going to, they're still not going to be the Chiefs, but they might be a wild card spot. And my number three winner, who's actually probably my number one, I'm saving the best for last, is my Dallas Cowboys. Of course, you knew I was going to go there, boys, right? Come on. Yeah, <laughs> I knew that. Yeah, okay. I, mean, I think even if they were, like, taking the worst teams, or worst players, he probably would have gone. <laughs> no, I would have been pissed if they picked some of the worst players. But I think pretty much everywhere they went was a steal. Getting C.D. Lamb in their laps, probably the number one wide receiver in the draft, being picked as the third wide receiver? Oh, yeah. <laughs> just fell in his laps at number 17. And then Trayvon Diggs dropping all the way down to the middle of the second round to number 51. I called this last week, boys. If Diggs is available in the second round, who is going to get him? The Cowboys. That's right. I called that shit. <laughs> then you got the third round. You got a defensive tackle to add some depth on the interior behind a new 
the new additions in Gerald McCoy and DeAndre Poe um, help with that rotation and make it that much better. Absolutely sexy line. And then uh, you got, they picked up another cornerback in Reggie Robinson to get that depth because they got a lot of people leaving after this year. So, and then trading up into the late fourth round to get Tyler Biadaz. I can't say his last name, but they lost Travis Herrick, Frederick. They needed some depth at the center position. Joe Looney did a great job in, in taking that spot the year before when uh, Frederick missed with the Gillian Barnes disease. Picked up another defensive end, and like you said, Bradley N.A. He's a great defensive end from Utah. And then why not have a, quarter, a quarterback project for uh, Mike McCarthy? Supposed to be that uh, quarterback guru. James Madison quarterback in Denucci. Why not? Let's do it. They are my winners of the draft. Not just because I'm a Cowboys fan, but I think they actually made smart, smart decisions. And got lucky in a lot of spots. No, that's a fair point. I, dude, I couldn't believe um, what's his face. Lamb fell fell all the way the, the way he did. I can't believe he fell that far. But yeah, you had to t- you had to take that pick. You had to take Lamb at that spot. I mean, he was available, so you had to do oh, it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Guy went to guy went to Oklahoma. I mean, he's right just on the other side of the border. Yep. You know, he probably grew up. If he, I'm not 100 sure where he's from, but I know it's probably not too far from Oklahoma. If he grew up a Cowboys fan, how about how about a dream scenario for him? Keep talking here. I'm gonna I'm gonna find out where he's from. There you go. Yeah, I'll throw a bunch until then. I mean, come on. You think about those three wide receivers. Dak Prescott is absolutely jumping for joy. Even if it's going to be for one year. I know he's on the franchise tag, but Dallas is going to get something. They have to get something done with him because you're going to have to eventually pay these guys so you need to quarterback in the reps or not. They know how much to spend. But just imagine those three. You got three potential number one wide receivers in your lineup in Amari Cooper. C.D. Lamb is probably going to be better than all three, and then Michael Gallup's an absolute burner. Yeah, I'm excited to see the, the passing game of the Cowboys this coming year. C.D. Lamb was born in uh, Louisiana. Oh shoot! There you go. Yeah, it's right outside of uh, Texas, and he could have grown up a Cowboys fan, probably a Saints fan, but I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> I know he's a Cowboys fan now. Well, I think he kind of has to be, or else he'd get fired. <laughs> um, well, that's tough to follow, boys, but I'll do my best here. I'm going to keep it short. I mean, I agree with both of you. The the win- One of the winners is Baltimore, um, and I for all the reasons that you both said already. And I saw an, actually an article while, uh, while researching today about uh, one, one expert or analysis from somebody saying, they weren't too sure why they took uh, J.K. Dobbins um, because of how much Lamar Jackson already does. But it's like, to me, why not take Dobbins, one of the best running backs in this class, to take some of that load off of Lamar Jackson? Um, so, yeah, for all the reasons that y'all listed above, uh, I'm going to go with Baltimore as one of my winners. Um, next winner for me is, is obvious. is going to be the Cowboys as well. Um, 
and for all the reasons that you just said, Kevin, I mean, you, you take uh, you take CD Lamb, and then you get Trayvon Diggs in the second round there. Um, yeah, they the Cowboys did their homework, man. They they were they were smart about it. Um, and I think my last winner is going to be Carolina. Carolina loaded up on D. They didn't take an offensive pick. Um, so that's never a bad thing. I mean, you already have a, you already have a solid running game. You, you're going to have the, the – he's the highest paid running back in the game now, right? I believe so, yeah. Yeah. So you already have um, – you know, you already have uh, Christian McCaffrey there in the running game. Um, but, yeah, they just loaded up on D to make sure that that defense is going to be legit next year to compete. So um, that's never a bad thing in my opinion. So, yeah, I, I think my last winner is um, – is Carolina there? Um, I'm not going to say the obvious, the Bengals, you know, um, because I mean that's that's obvious right there. Um, if y'all had to pick one more winner, I, I know, I know, Alex, you said you had a tie between the other one, but if you had to pick one more winner, who would it be? Um, if I had to pick one more winner, that's kind of tough. Um, you know, I I really kind of like what the Lions did. Uh, the first two picks, first three picks are going to be solid for them. I, I think that may have bought Matt Patricia, you know, a few more games in the middle of this season before he gets canned. Um, but I really like the uh, cornerback out of Ohio State. I really like DeAndre Swift out of Georgia. You know, I think that'll take some pressure off of that backfield, adding Swift. And I think that they replace Slay with probably the best guy you could get in the draft right now. Um, so I think Detroit did pretty good at getting guys who are going to start, like, right now, right now, you know? Right, yeah, um, exactly. I think one of the, the, the sneaky guys that maybe not a lot of people are taking a look at right now is the Cleveland Browns. I mean, they got tackle Derrick Williams out of Alabama, Grant Delpit out of LSU, the safety. You know, they got a better tight end. You know, I, I really like uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones, the wide receiver out of Michigan. He went in the sixth round with 187 picks. But I've seen him play, and he's explosive. He can also play on defense. He can also return kicks. Like, he's a very dynamic player. So I think Cleveland also probably could be considered, a, you know, a potentially one of the top teams in this draft. And the cool thing about that is this was the first year that the Cleveland GM uh, did a draft, and they did well, too, because they got a new GM. Um, and this was, like I said, this is his first time, and I think – I think Cleveland killed it. Kevin, one more winner, man. Kevin. You stole mine in Detroit, so I was scrambling to find another one. I do agree with you, Detroit, um, because I think one of the biggest acquisitions was their second-round pick of DeAndre Swift. They needed a burner to go with uh, um, on Johnson, who's often injured, need somebody to be able to step in because he's probably going to get hurt again. I think Swift's going to be that guy for him, so Detroit's one. But since you went to Detroit, I'm going to go Minnesota Vikings. I think they turned their first-round pick that they got from uh, from Diggs into gold. They got LSU wide receiver Justin Jefferson. He's going to pretty much give him the same production, if not better than Diggs did. And he's going to cost them a lot less money, which was one of the biggest issues in my in Minnesota. And then with their other first round pick, they get cornerback Jeff Gladney. And Gladney kind of just 
telling this to us. They really wanted to get a quarterback to help on that side of the ball, and he really stepped at this spot. And the teams right before both those picks could have both taken both of those players because those teams needed those players, and they didn't get them. So uh, Minnesota was fortunate to get those two picks right there. Then they also uh, helped share up the line and get Ezra Cleveland from Boise State. Uh, got another quarterback from Minnesota, uh, Mississippi State, Cameron uh, Dantzler. Uh, defensive end, defensive tackle, linebacker. They're really going hard on the defensive side of the ball, which was one of their weaknesses last year. Um, but I think getting Justin Jefferson was a, a big plus for them on the uh, to help Kirk Cousins out in, in the passing game. I'm going to play along here, and I'm going to say the Raiders as another possible winner because I'm looking at the three receivers. You got Henry Ruggs out of Bama. I mean, you got two more receivers uh, out of Kentucky and South Carolina. You got three more, three more, three more potential weapons right there for uh, for Derek Carr. So yeah, I'm going to, and then not a bad cornerback as well, Damon Arnett's uh, out of Ohio State, who had a grade 80 on ESPN. Um, yeah, that's that's not a bad draft at all. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say the Raiders is another potential winner for me. I'm just looking through looking through ESPN right now. Really? See, I don't. Yeah, that was. I feel like they drafted too many receivers, and I feel like they didn't draft even the right ones because they already have a couple of good receivers and a good tight end. What are they gonna do with all of those receivers? No, they needed another receiver to go with, uh, was it a Terrell Williams, I think it is. Uh, yeah, they needed another receiver. They had only one of those three guys starting. I mean, true, but... The other that's one, all they, needed. they only needed that one wide receiver. I actually don't have them as a winner. I would have them as a loser. See, same. And not because of what they drafted, but who they drafted. Um, I think they got it right on the positions, but I feel like they reached on a few people when they could have gotten somebody else that was ranked higher. And I'll give you the biggest example would be Henry Ruggs. They picked him as the first wide receiver off the board. C.D. Lamb was available. Jerry Judy was available. Both oh, of those were right. considered better yeah, that's right. wide receivers than Henry Ruggs. Yes, Henry Ruggs is going to be a great wide receiver, but is he going to be better than Judy? Is he going to be better than Lamb? I don't know that. I don't think he, that he will be. That's fair. That's why I'm not jamming in the NFL. So, And then I can say the same about Damien Arnett. Um, the the cornerback that they picked up. I mentioned the Minnesota Vikings. They picked up Jeff Gladney at 31. I think he's a better cornerback uh, than uh, Arnett is. And he was taken 12 spots later. So I think I think the Raiders misscouted some of their players and passed on some people that they shouldn't have passed on. I think it's going to bite them in the ass. Okay, fair point. <laughs> Alex, anything to add to that? No, yeah, I just, I I can understand, 
why the Raiders pick would be enticing. They have a lot of big names on that board. Jeff Gruden is crazy, crazy. So, I mean, he very well may do something that nobody expects, and all of a sudden they come out and, you know, go 10 and 11, or, you know, 11 wins, 12 wins, or whatever, and we're all like, oh, shit, what? Right. Um, I kind of agree with Kevin. There were some guys that I thought, you know, maybe maybe this guy over that guy, you know, again, the, the, the receiver thing, you know, I was almost, I was, I would have bet money on C.D. Lamb going first because I feel like he's exactly the kind of player Gruden likes, so he went with Ruggs. Um, you know, with the, the cornerback, there, you know, there are good things about the cornerback, Arnett. Like, I'm not, you know, I think that there may have been some better ones. I'm not displeased with the pick, but again, you know, it, it's like, you know, you went for the B player when you could have gotten the A player. You know what I mean? Like, it's, you know, I just... So I, they're an enticing team to pick for sure, but I just can't see right now how the picks will kind of pan out. Right, right. Well, I, I would put as Henry Ruggs is still an A player, but there's A1, A2, A3. I think Lamb was A1. Judy was A2. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. I mean, you really, yeah. it, it, it's hard to really say you can go wrong with any of these wide receivers. I don't have the 40 times in front of me, but I think Ruggs was the best as a three. But I think he had What's that? I think he was too. Yeah. But I think the ball skills and the intangibles of the other two put him, them above Ruggs. That's why I think it was a stretch. But I think they were just looking, oh my God, this guy's got speed for days. Let's get him. But that may not be all you need. And did they make that mistake a while back with Darius Hayward Bay? He ran like a, you know, three nine four, not really, but he ran like you know a, a sub four two or a four three, something like that forty. And they were like, "We're picking him," and every expert was like, "What are you doing?" And then he lasted like two, three years in the NFL. I think he lost one in that, but he ended up being like a, a third or fourth receiver. I, I think the Eagles picked him up at one point. <laughs> yeah, like it's just not. That, that, that doesn't always bode well. Yeah, you know I mean, but, you know, history does tend to repeat itself, so <laughs> we'll see. Before we get to our losers here, I just want to let's uh, remind everybody about our friends over at Baseballism. Baseballism is an all-baseball-related apparel and clothing company for baseball people. If you love baseball or even just like it, um, even if you don't like it, you probably know someone that does like it. So I'm pretty sure they would appreciate a gift. Uh, You and them should be wearing Baseballism. It's America's brand, the official off-the-field brand for baseball. Uh, Go go, – Sorry, I can't talk right now. <laughs> Visit them at baseballism.com and use a use our use our promo code AA Sports. It's our initials AASPORTS for a 15-15% discount off your first order. If you're not ready to order just quite yet, make sure to go follow them on all their socials. They're very active on Instagram and Twitter with new releases pretty much every week, if not every other week. And especially during these tough times. If you can spare uh, a few dollars to support some local businesses, some small businesses, um, please do so and consider doing that. Not for just not just for baseballism, but for your local businesses in general. But uh, but uh, with baseballism, free shipping right now is is uh, is uh, available through May first with the pandemic going on. Um, some store exclusive prices are also available online with some store exclusive merch available uh, for like 
for city for, for city specific stores that they have, and then um, they also have a new Fundamentals collection that's been that's been out for uh, a few weeks now. Uh, free shipping on orders of a hundred dollars in general. That's any time. Free shipping on orders of a hundred of a hundred dollars or more. So if you want to if you want to go spend a lot, you get free shipping. Um, and then sweats, caps, shorts, accessories available for all. And then all great comfortable material and fast shipping. You get your stuff within two three days. It's it's really really fast. Um, and like I said. Um, uh, free shipping right now for the pandemic until May 1st. Some store exclusive prices available online. And then um, free drag or free, yeah, free flagman drawstring bags um, are coming with the orders online as well. So uh, go, go, go support them, baseballism.com. Uh, use our code AA Sports. It's America's brand. All right, boys, our losers. Alex, go first. You you go for it, I'm curious to see who who your losers were because you know Kevin and I both kind of had the Raiders maybe as not a top pick. So I'm curious for you who do you think your losers are? Um, one team that stood out to me was the Patriots, and that's primarily because they didn't take Jordan Love when they when he was available. They didn't replace a QB, so they're relying on whoever they have right now. Um, so yeah, that's one team that stood out to me. Um, and then you lost the tight end, but you also picked up two. Um, yeah, correct. Whatever. Um, let's see who else. Not that they were, not that considered a a loser, but dude, Philly taking, uh, Jalen Hurts was interesting. And we we talked about that over text, but that's that's just an interesting pick because you're basically saying, I mean, you gave Carson Wentz this 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 huge contract the year before or last year, and now you're taking Jalen Hurts in the second round. Um, so that's interesting. It's almost like you're just kind of you're you're queuing up your your basically your future. So I mean, you I mean, do you trust Carson Wentz to stay healthy? And that tells me they don't. But you can't really blame them. Um, so that's an interesting choice right there. Pittsburgh was another one that stood out to me as uh, not really doing anything, at least to me. I had, I mean, in the little research I did, Pittsburgh was uh, another one that stood out to me as far as like, I don't know, not really doing great. Um, so yeah, just a few names there um, that stood out. Yeah, I will say that I, I, I don't mind Pittsburgh's draft so much. They replaced both of their guards who were 30-plus, I think. So that's not the worst. But I agree. They didn't really do anything. No big splashes. Right. Um, who else did I say? The Pats and then Pittsburgh and then – not that Philly is a loser. That's just, that was just an interesting uh, – which we can talk about later in the observations. But, um, man, who else would have been a loser for me? That's tough. Interesting. I actually had more losers than I had winners. Just from I had five losers, four winners. Yeah. Chicago. Either one. Either one of y'all had Chicago. I did. I did have Chicago on there. Yeah. They're kind of on the outside looking in barely for me. Texans. Go ahead, Alex. Go ahead. Go ahead. My losers. 
Um, so for me, I definitely had Chicago. Um, and I think for me, the biggest reason that, and it, it very well could just be me. I don't know. Uh, granted, I don't know what the thought process was behind a lot of their picks or the case was, but it felt for me like they didn't quite know what to do or where to go. So they just started kind of making picks, you know, um, the tight end they got in another game, he's going to be a starter, he's going to produce, but I don't think, like, that's the answer. You know what I mean? Like, they didn't fill a huge void that was going to put them over the top. You know, I don't know if their plan is to trade them, maybe it's because they don't have a whole lot of money to give out. Like, I don't know what the, the, the thought process was, but for me it felt like Chicago was kind of like, well, what do we do? And then, so this is kind of the direction that they went in. So for me... They're losers, and not even so much as who they picked, but I think for the reasons why they picked them. I think that this draft showed us that Chicago is a little more lost than we may have thought beforehand. And I'm still a huge Matt Nagy fan. Love the coaching style, love his abilities, but it's more of an office thing that I think is kind of hindering that team right now, in my opinion. Uh, the biggest loser for me has got to be Green Bay, and I think that a lot of people would concur, um, because what you know, what in the fuck were they doing? I don't, I, I don't get it. I don't think I'll ever get it. Even if, you know, LaFleur explained it to me, I don't know. You know, with your first draft picking Jordan Love, what does that say about Aaron Rodgers? Now, granted, he is getting older, so I understand that maybe they're doing the whole pass the torch thing. Sure, but even still. And then they drafted a running back. You know, they drafted some, some you know, position players for for. Rodgers, but, you know, there was a lot of things that they could have fixed and then almost seemed like they decided they didn't want to do that. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, again, I think, you know, the biggest problem is they could have solidified that defense. They could have done more to help themselves out. So it was Jordan Love, A.J. Dillon out of Boston College, um, tied in out of Cincinnati, linebacker, offensive tackle, linebacker, linebacker, whatever, whatever, whatever. But it just, it's like, I don't understand what the deal was. I felt like they should have made offensive linemen a higher priority. You know, I, I, I'm kind of half in, half out on Boston College's A.J. Dillon. You know, he's not a super high pick. He is productive at Boston College, you know, but... You know, kind of who gives a shit. Um, and then for me, it's just a Jordan Love pick. Like, Aaron Rodgers is already kind of a prissy bitch. Like, you're going to bring in another quarterback, and he's just going to fucking hate you. You know? Like, that's not good for the locker room at all, in my opinion. Like, you're going to cause so many more problems right now. Like, you can't even have a backup quarterback with him. I mean... He doesn't teach, he doesn't pass on, like, it doesn't seem like he's the kind of guy to share, you know? Now, granted, Favre wasn't exactly either, but still, I just, I don't get what Green Bay was doing. Um, <laughs> I also think my Falcons were losers, which kind of sucked, but, like, you know, whatever. Uh, I think that there were better cornerbacks that they could have got out of the draft. I wish they were more aggressive. All signs indicated that they were going to be more aggressive. All their media said they're going to be more aggressive. They're going to train up for C.J. Henderson. They're going to get some lockdown guys. They were going to get edge rushers, which we don't seem to have good ones. They were going to get better, and I don't feel like they did that. The biggest, the only thing I think that's helping 
them at all for being the worst is that they did find a replacement for Alex Mack, the center, who's like a pro bowler, like he's a, he's a, he's a stud of a dude. Um, and that was really important. Uh, Kansas City was also kind of a, a loser for me in this one because they brought in a guy who has really, really questionable like character traits. You know, he injured the quarterback for his team before a bowl game in a fight they got in that practice. You know, he where he and a bunch of other players were suspended for academic dishonesty and all this other stuff, or at least for academic reasons, whatever. Uh, like, they just picked, and then the, the running back that they got is only, like, you know, a, a B running back at best. You know, C plus is the guy out of LSU. Now, maybe he doesn't have a whole lot of tread on his tires, but... You know, I, I feel like he maybe could have done better with that pick for Casey. Maybe got some spots filled with some players that were going to be co expensive considering their salary cap is like $171. Um, and also, going back to the Green Bay thing real quick, just let me add one more thing. Green Bay, their very, very obvious need is a wide receiver, and they chose fucking none of them, just by the way. This was like the deepest class of wide receivers almost ever, and they're like, no, fuck that. We'll go for one with this one receiver in it. I don't get it. I don't. But <laughs> <laughs> what in the fuck? We're going to ride on Devontae Adams and then some guys that nobody knows. Um, but anyway, so the biggest reason that Casey for me was a loser was because, again, they're going to disrupt their locker room with the guys that they got, and I have no idea why you would want that. He's already a rookie. He's going to be a pain in the ass. You know, I I don't you know I I, I don't Saints. You have four picks in this draft. 
four picks in this draft. You gave up a lot of them for um, the likes of Eli Apple, for other trades in this draft. You only have four, four picks. Their first pick, they trade up to get a center? Cesar Ruiz? You have a very capable center as it is right now. What are you going to do with this guy? And then they go linebacker, then they go tight end, which they didn't need. And then their fourth and final pick, they take a quarterback, and Tommy Stevens. And this is what makes this one the most questioning for me, is what the hell are you doing for him? Are you just drafting him for your practice squad? Because you just signed Taysom Hill to a two-year, $21 million deal. And you're saying he's going to be the backup, Okay. Oh, and by the way, they also signed Janus Winston. So what the hell are you doing with that that other quarterback? You're not going to have four, four quarterbacks on your roster, and there's no way in hell Tommy Stevens is going to make it to the to the roster. He just wasted a pick. You could have at least gotten somebody that can maybe contribute on special teams. No, let's just throw it away. Um. And my third and final team loser, and I got two individual losers after this, but my team loser is the Philadelphia Eagles. And kind of for the same reasons I was mentioning about the Las Vegas Raiders, they reached on all of these picks. Uh, PC wide, uh, wide receiver, Jalen Rigard. They picked him at number 21. Okay. Justin Jefferson was still available, who was literally taking the next pick by the Minnesota Vikings. And he is widely considered a better wide receiver than Rager. Okay. Jalen Hurts, second-round pick. Didn't you just sign Carson Wentz to a four-year extension? I mean, come on. You need... If you're going to have a backup quarterback that you're drafting, you're going to... After you already gave your franchise quarterback a four-year deal, I'd wait a little further in the draft, in my opinion. And it just seems like that seemed to be kind of the theme throughout the the draft until like the third day they started making a couple of smart decisions, but they reached a lot of a lot of these early picks. That's that's that aren't gonna help them and they're gonna regret passing up some of the players that they did. Um which is good for me because being a Cowboys fan, you know. <laughs> but I have like I said, I have a couple individuals that I want to point out. One of the biggest individual losers this weekend was Bill O'Brien. Sorry, Anthony, in your Texans, but... No, I mean, it, that is what it is. Your first round pick is Laramie Tunsil, who you're going to make the biggest, the, the richest left tackle in the league, which he doesn't deserve. And then you, your second round pick is... One of your second-round picks, let me put it that way, is defensive tackle Ross Blacklock, which is a good pick. Don't get me wrong. I like where they will with that. Blacklock's going to be a good part of that interior defensive line to go with J.J. Watt. Their other second, and that is their only second-round pick. And what, is this going to be your replacement for um, Watkins? DeAndre Hopkins? Come on. Yeah. I mean, that is basically 
basically what they did. This entire draft, they didn't get a wide receiver until the seventh round in Rhode Island wide receiver, Isaiah Coulter. Bill O'Brien, what the hell are you doing? He doesn't know. He, he doesn't uh, know. No, he doesn't. And I'll give you another example of who he doesn't know. The entire draft, he didn't draft a suit. He drafted a quarter, a quarter, a quarterback in Penn State, quarterback uh, John Reed, in the sixth round, I believe. And that's the only defensive back that he drafted. And then today, he decides to release Kayshawn Gibson. Their starting safety, uh, who had three interceptions three this year, played 14 games, and is in the first year of a three-year contract, and now it's going to cost you $4.25 million in dead cap space? Who are you replacing him with? You didn't draft the guy, obviously. What the hell are you doing, Bill O'Brien? Biggest individual loser of the weekend. And then my second individual loser, and I, I want to say this in the sole fact that he actually had a decent draft. And that's New York Giants GM David Gilmer. They actually, the Giants actually did pretty decent in the draft. Second round, they got Xavier McKinney. The McKinney fell in their laps. Uh, they got an offensive tackle and Matt Pert to help on that offensive line. Uh, a quarterback in Denray Holmes. Offensive guard Shane uh, Lamont. And a few other players on the defensive side of the ball and three linebackers and a quarterback. Really helping out your spots that you need. Their first overall, their first pick, the number four overall, they went offensive tackle as well to help on that line to help Daniel Jones. But they went Andrew Thomas. But don't get me wrong, Andrew Thomas is going to be a good player. But there are other picks in this, other offensive tackles that were probably ranked higher. Ala Jedrick Wills Jr., who went number 10 to uh, Cleveland. Mekai Beckton, who went number 11 to the Jets. Uh, Twist, Tristan Wurst, who went number 13 to the, uh, the Buccaneers. All three of those guys have been considered better offensive tackles than, um, than Andrew Thomas. So this is why I'm kind of saying, David Gettleman, you don't know what you're doing with your first-down picks. Uh, you're reaching for him again, just like you did last year with Daniel Jones. I think Jones is going to be decent. I don't know if he warrants as high of a draft pick as he did last year for him. And I think it's going to be the same with Andrew Thomas. And I think he's going to get roasted for it again. Just not as bad as last year. <laughs> Any observations, boys? I know I for sure had some. Uh, this was the first. Well, yeah, this was the first time it was done virtually because of the circumstances. But uh, everything was done remotely. A lot of technology um, was being relied on. Um, so it was, yeah, it was very interesting to see. I, I, I personally liked it, and it, I, I, from what I saw around Twitter, and um, it got a lot of. A lot of good reviews. A lot of people were pleased with the way it was done as far as, you know, the players being in their homes, obviously, and then um, just the way it was done in general. I thought I, – I, I'll give a shout-out to Trey Wingo here. I thought Trey Wingo did a great job hosting uh, given the circumstances. And, you know, he had a, there was a few hiccups th- thrown in there to where he had to – he kind of just had to improv, when I, but I thought he did a great job. 
Um, but I was I was very happy with it. I, I only watched night one. I only watched the first round. Um, kind of kept an eye on it at work, but that was about it. Um, but uh, yeah, a lot of technology having to be relied on. A lot of uh, a lot of Wi-Fi in general. Um, Alex, any any observations as far as like how it was done virtually and all that? I know you you were saying you you were interested to see if anything was going wrong. Not that you know you were wanting anything to go wrong, but any observations? Right. Uh, I have. I mean, I have a few. Not even just you know programming related. Um, if we're speaking strictly programming, I thought the NFL did a great job given you know kind of the cards that they were dealt. Um, <clears throat> You know, I, I really like, you know, one thing I really liked about this draft, especially was, was the fact that you saw not only families of the players, but families of the coaches and the GMs and everybody kind of involved. You saw their family kind of being a part of, you know, the, the draft as well, which was, was kind of fun to see. You know, there's there were some fun controversies here and there, you know, uh, with, you know, Mike Babel <laughs> looked like somebody was using the restroom in the background and. You know, but it was it was Mr. Cooper, <laughs> the mystery. But uh, no, but it was really interesting. I think that, like I said, I think they did very very well. Um, I wonder if this might not even be the way that drafts kind of move forward in the future to some degree. You know, not saying that it will. Granted, I understand that there's a whole lot of you know money to be made in hosting a draft, but I mean, I imagine that they probably still made a pretty penny off of this virtual one, and could likely even do better. Next time that they were to have to do it again next time, you know? And I think that having such positive reviews only kind of shows that, to some degree, change is good. And when change came about, we enjoyed it, to some degree, you know? Like, yeah. if we like it to go back to the same, it's tradition, yeah, sure. But, like, this went really, really well, you know? Um, I like that they got different anchors from different, you know, networks and all this kind of stuff. Trey Wingo, like you said, did a great job. Roger Goodell did a great job, you know? Well, I mean, for as good a job as he can do reading. I know it's tough for him, but whatever. Um, I thought it was. I thought it was. I thought it was good how how Roger Goodell kind of played along with the booing because I was. We were literally watching round one here at home and eating dinner and all that, uh-huh. and. Uh, and Roger Goodell, Roger Goodell made a comment about, you know, I'm so sorry we can't be in person to hear, you know, to hear your your feedback. And I literally told Lauren, I was like, you really, you like being booed at? And then he literally, then he went back to the TV and he was like, come on, let me hear your booze, let me hear your booze. Yeah. I, thought, I thought that was really funny. He, he you know, he played yeah. along with it. So. Exactly. So, he doesn't joke about himself, really, but, yeah. It just was funny watching him read. It looked like he was struggling. Dude, in the third and fourth round, he was already. No. In the third and fourth round, seriously, dude. Yeah, in the third, it was hilarious how he just kind of like we were laughing too because he would be standing for one pick and then the next pick he would be sitting down and go back to standing. Uh huh. It was like, make up your mind, bro. What do you want to do? You want to sit or stand? It would have been hilarious if he, like, changed outfits. Like, when he kept sitting in that chair, I really wanted it to just cut back to him and him being, like, a Santa suit or something. <laughs> I was thinking for, like, Billy, just go back and he's in the Santa suit for Philadelphia. That shit would have been funny. Yeah. Um, now, if you're talking, I, may, I had a few observations not about necessarily the programming itself, but just some interesting stuff kind of here and there. Um, one thing that I like about the Giants, and their, their GM and their coach were talking about 
you know, the idea of adding these hog mollies to the line. Well, in three picks, the Giants added 950 pounds of offensive linemen to help keep Daniel Jones upright and to help create space for Saquon Barkley. Three guys, almost a thousand pounds worth of essentially all muscle. Like that's that that's kind of intimidating. If they wanted their hog mollies, it sounds like they got them. <laughs> um, one thing that I found to be super funny, we kind of touched on it a little bit, is if you look at the Philadelphia Eagles depth chart now, it reads much like a headline in Philadelphia. It'll say Wentz hurt. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I I love that. Uh, one thing that I really liked is Anthony Gordon played at Washington State University. Uh, he was picked up by the Seattle Seahawks, so he's only going right up the road to play, even if he doesn't make the roster, which he very well could. He's got the arm talent. So he was under a Mike Leach program, so he knows how to like handle complicated programs. He's got the footwork to be able to kind of escape the pocket from a bad Seattle line. Um, I hope he makes it there. I think he'd be really cool, kind of a, a hometown guy. You know, he played in college here. He goes to the pros here. So I thought that'd be, I thought that'd be really cool. Um, one of the most interesting things I saw was the Patriots. And Anthony, you kind of mentioned this a little bit. Some of their draft picks were seemingly very questionable, and I agree to some to some level that they are mostly questionable. Um, but it was very much Bill being kind of who he is, you know. A lot of defensive players, a lot of guys who can play multiple positions on the defensive side of the ball. You know, I'm, I'm curious to see if, you know, kind of how he does with some of the guys that he got. He got this linebacker slash defensive end, Uchi, I think his last name was, out of, uh, out of uh, uh, Michigan. And he didn't start. I think he only started like half the season as a senior. You know, there are other guys that were started above them, but he's got first-round talent, but, you know, fifth-round experience. So it's kind of interesting to see, you know, where he'll go with that, you know. Um, congratulations to Cincinnati. They have now drafted the face of that organization for however long it takes for people to realize he's a bust. Maybe he'll be kind of an Andy Dalton. Maybe he won't be. It just kind of depends on on what the Bengals are willing to be putting around him. You know, T. Higgins was a good pickup. I don't even think that he'll be a starter year one. Um, maybe he'll see the field, but, like, I think they could have done better. I really, really like the linebacker they got out of Wyoming, Wilkinson, I think. Um, love that linebacker. He's going to be a fast playmaking linebacker, um, and you're going to kind of need that in the division that you're in with Lamar Jackson and Big Ben and all these different guys who are, you know, Baker Mayfield and company. Like, that was a good, like, that That probably is going to be one of the most undervalued picks in this entire draft. People are not going to think about him very often, but I think that he is going to be a steal. Much as I think the safety out of Southern Illinois is going to be a steal, Jeremy Chin. Um, I can't remember off the top who he went to, but he's got the size and speed to play corner and safety. He doesn't have a lot of tread on his tires, and he's a smart player as well. Um, I love, love, love that Arizona picked up Simmons. I don't know why. I think that's going to make them a, a very good team very quickly. I think they have a pretty good linebacking core as is, and I think that he can learn a lot. Um and I think that they added some good pieces around them, especially on the offensive line. Uh, so watch out for Arizona next year. And also watch out for Carolina. Like Anthony said, they picked up 
you know, I think it was the first time ever that all seven, or at least all picks have been put on the defensive side of the ball. I think that's seven picks overall. The first three are going to be starters this year. Like, they picked three guys that are going to start right now, right now. And I think that's genius that they were able to kind of do that. I think Anthony called that they were going to take the defensive tackle. No, Kevin called they were going to take the defensive tackle. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I it, it was that never happened before. So I think it's very interesting that Matt Rue, who is an offensive-minded quarterback, trust him and his staff so much with Joe Brady and company and who they have under center and all these guys, they trust them enough with Christian McCaffrey to say, you know what, let's not worry about it. Let's worry about the other side of the ball. And the last time that they did this, they went from, I think it was 31st or 32nd, to 5th in the league in defense. So I'm wondering very much so if they'll be able to do that because they let up about 29 points a game last year. I do not see that happening again this year. Um, so they very well could be one of the winners as well. Uh, but those are kind of all of my, my big ones. And then Green Bay was my biggest talking point. Like I just... What the fuck happened there? So, there's a plan. I'm so telling you, there's, there's a plan. They just don't want to share it with, with the world. If there's a plan, somebody's a genius because there's no no pattern to it. That it makes no sense. <laughs> Kevin, any observations, they man? The they need to share with the rest of their fan base because, like I said, nobody knows what they're doing. I'm about to get kicked out of town. Watch. Do what? I'm about to get kicked out of town. Watch. <laughs> We're done paying for this bullshit. <laughs> um, I mean, my biggest thing was just, it was fun, man. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was. It, it, it was it was interesting to see it in a different light. Uh, in all these people's uh, homes versus in a boardroom, you know? I think... It was just interesting. You'll see Kingsbury's bigs, man. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh man, I mean, and Sean McVay's too. From what from what uh, Sean McVay put on camera, that is, it pretty much looks like they have the same uh, backyard. I mean, it was just cool to see, man. Yeah. Okay, here's a question for you guys that I just thought of right now. No. Damn it. <laughs> uh, no, but so I wonder how much of an effect being at home with your loved ones and away from the other members of your team, the other deciding members of your team, how much an effect and how much that, you know, altered the draft pick choices. You know what I'm saying? Like, I wonder if they would have been in a boardroom in a different situation, in a different setting, if they would have drafted better or worse, you know what I'm saying? Would the Cowboys been like, you know what? No, let's actually go with CeeDee Lamb. Now that we're kind of cool, calm, and relaxed, chilling on my yacht, like, that seems like a good idea. Let's do that. Or if, you know, Cincinnati, you know, if they were in that border, maybe they would have, you know, overhyped something and thought, of, oh, shit, well, you know what? We need to go with Chase Young because we can't stop their teams from scoring. Or whatever the case was, do you, how much of an effect do you think being at home had on the choices that these guys made for who to draft. I think it had an effect, but I don't, I don't think it had an effect in that way. I, it, it, I don't either. Because, I, I, <laughs> I mean, I, I think if anything, you 
feel more comfortable, but that doesn't affect the way you draft, in my opinion. At least that's in my opinion. I mean, you feel more comfortable because you're at home, obviously. You're with family. Um, and with these guys' jobs, I mean, even the Miami Dolphins coach even said it. It was, ni- it w- it was nice for him to be home, you know, uh, help his kids with homework, whatever, you know, uh, help, you know, he was he was able to have dinner with them and all that and, you know, hang out with them and I, I thought that was I thought that was a very very cool part of this of, of, of this whole thing is a lot of them weren't afraid to have their kids and their family members on camera with them they weren't you know pushing their family members away telling them no stay off camera they were very welcoming with like, almost all the coaches were very welcoming with that as far as yeah sure like you know come on in and you know let's 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 have a party with this but I thought yeah I thought that made the vibe that more that's much that much more great for it. Um, but to answer your question, I, I I think it just made him feel that m- more comfortable, but it didn't affect dra- like drafting wise, in my opinion. Fair enough. That's true. Yeah, I don't think it affected it that much either. I mean, you think about it, you have all these Zoom calls going on. I, I was actually watching some videos about some of the setups of the GMs and coaches and how they have, like, multiple Zoom calls with all the executives and all the people making these decisions. Uh, I don't think that being a part really made a difference because they were still all in proximity to each other, all talking about the same thing. So I don't think it affected the hype or anything like that, but I think you still saw smart GMs, smart uh uh, coaches making smart decisions, and the ones that aren't smart and keep making stupid decisions, do what they do. <laughs> Fair enough. Overall, I thought, overall, given the circumstances and and everything, I thought the NFL, you know, they had they had to make do with what they had, and I thought they did. I thought they pulled it off. I thought they pulled it off greatly. It was, um, I mean, this this probably I'm not going to say obviously, but this probably won't happen next year and again but i mean i think like you said alex if they have to do this another year if they have to do this next year it won't that's i don't see it happening next year this way like somebody will host it again but um i thought i thought they pulled it off great and they they have a great stepping stone to go off of they have they have this to go off of and they say and they have this to say we actually pulled this off we went off with no hiccups at all or little to no hiccups at all and we could very well do this again if we had to. Right. Yeah, I thought it was fun. I, I enjoyed watching it. I, I enjoyed watching round one at home, and yeah, it was it was fun. It was uh, it was kind of. I'm not going to say more necessary because, like you said, people, you know, cities they're gonna they're gonna have cities hosting it again, and you know, obviously this this kind of event is is good for a city to host in general to mark to mark or sorry to boom the economy in whatever city it is. But um, I mean, for the times for for right now, given the circumstances, I thought I thought they 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 uh, they they pulled pulled it off uh, smoothly. It was, you know. Like you could easily do this from from here on out going forward, but they're not going to. Right. Kevin, any more thoughts, man? I think it'd be something interesting that baseball needs to look into. Yeah, and obviously any of them moving forward need to be doing something like this. But you look at what baseball does in the later rounds of of their draft. If you've ever watched the major league baseball draft, um. 
the later rounds is very similar to what we saw for football, but less entertaining because you're not getting the actual video feed from these executives' homes and offices, places like that. So it's not as interesting. Um, but I think if baseball went to something like that, it would be more fun. I agree with that. Yeah, I agree. All right, boys. Favorite things. I'll go first. Last dance episodes uh, three and four were last night, and they were they were as good as promised. Where they yeah they were they were it's it's been a great series. I uh, I texted Alex I, or I texted the boys last night, but yeah, it's been a good series. I I've, I've really enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to next Sunday as well. Kevin, favorite thing. Cowboys won the weekend, man. Of course, that is your favorite thing. I mean, I don't need to elaborate on anymore. We've already talked about it, but it's not just me saying it. A lot of experts saying the Cowboys won the weekend by what they did in the draft. So, Alex, favorite thing? I don't know. I don't really necessarily have a favorite thing so much. Um, not this week, at least. Uh, it was just, you know, I'm, I'm glad that we finally got the, uh, a live sporting event, you know, for, you know, whatever whatever you can call it. I call it a sporting event. Um, but, I mean, you can ask anybody who's at the house while it was on. I was glued to the TV because it was current sporting stuff, and, man, did I need that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, same. I... I said last dance because I enjoyed watching it, but yeah, I mean, as far as like current events goes, it's yeah, there's not much as we all know. So yeah, no, I mean, I watched, I watched every round, so I was every round I could at least. I was like, it was live sports, so I was like, oh, thank you, Jesus. Like I said, right now I have a football game between Dallas Cowboys and Buffalo Bills from 2007 on TV because I there's I need sports, so. Any movies? Tony Romo's looking good, though. Yeah, that's true. Tony Romo's looking good. <laughs> Y'all been checking out any movies lately at home? Uh, mostly TV shows. I watched this one called The Rain. Uh, I think it's a Danish show. Uh, but it's dubbed over. But it's, it was, it's crazy. Basically, the, it's, I'm still kind of in the... I just finished the second season. Third one's coming out. I think it's going to be the last one. But kind of like there's a virus that... Like it looks like a company spread it, and there's this one kid who's immune, but it turns out that he can like harbor and use the virus to like attack people. It's ridiculous, it's so cool. Um, and what I'll do sometimes is I'll, I'll, I'll let the show play in its natural like languages and then just read the subtitles because there's four or five different ones. there's Russian, English, Swedish, Danish like, there's a whole bunch of different languages, so it's kind of cool to hear you know, different languages being played. Um, and then The Last Kingdom, that show is just fucking outstanding. Wow. Future is right. a piece of shit, but we love him. <laughs> <clears throat> Most of my TV time is watching Disney Junior with my son, so. <laughs> Don't lie, you put it on. You picked it. <laughs> you want to watch Finding Nemo again? Good, me too. <laughs> i tell you what, man. Uh, Tots and Puppy Dog Pals, man, those are invigorating. <laughs> shit, I'm about the Paw Patrol wife. <laughs> shit, no, when he takes naps, I'm, I'm, I'm able to watch some shows with my wife and get caught up. So, 
But as far as losers go, I did finally see uh, Bad Boys for the first time. So Really? Like the new one yeah. or like the original? Oh no, the original. I haven't seen it before. <laughs> I saw it. Seriously? I liked it. Yeah. Wow, Kevin. Okay. Tell me bad about movies and shows, Anthony. Look at this guy. Wow. God, Kevin, yeah. catch up to the world, man. It's a whole new world out there for you. Yeah. He just hit 1989. <laughs> <laughs> He's catching up little by little. Good. Wow. Funny. All right, boys, let's get out of here. Um, but yeah, everyone continue to stay safe out there. We're saying the same thing every week. But <laughs> just do your part. Let's end this thing. Um, the uh, as of this weekend, the uh, stay at home order is going to be lifted, and some some stuff is going to be reopened again. But let's just all be smart about that. It's uh, pretty much Yeah, seriously. Yeah. That's that's all I'm going to say about it. Just be smart about it. Do be smart about what you decide to do and what not to do, and all that. Uh, so yeah. Um, Wear a mask, social distance, wash your hands. Yes, 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 yes. Continue to be good to yourself and be good to each other. Don't drink and drive and do not text and drive. Live up to your word. Watch out for your friends. Carry your own weight. Remember, guys, we will get through this. Just keep doing what you got to do. Keep on swinging. Live the life like a bat. This we're going to knock this out of the park. Get back to normal or a semblance of normalcy. And with that, we'll say later. Peace. See ya.